Yo, Devin, listen to this one. Goggin's the type of guy to wake up and yell at his alarm to wake the F up. I thought it was great. I think he, you know, he kept he kept it real, like real raw. Everything he, everything he said in his book is obviously super authentic, and you know, there's like there there there's no BS in it. Everything, no, bro. I thought it, it was like BS the whole time. How? Be, no, because like you see the things he like says sometimes. He's like, yo, I he ran literally a hundred miles in twenty four hours, and he did no prep for that at all. Goes That's back. True, yeah, I know it's crazy though, right? It, it's like to a point where you're thinking, "Oh my god, like, how is that even possible?" Because it's like no other person has ever done that. You know what I mean? Okay, it shows you. It, it shows you what's possible. It's like, oh, he like you know all this stuff that doesn't even sound real, but I mean, obviously it's real. Like it living definition of how nothing is impossible. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's literally, crazy. he could show like you know he's do anything. It's all it's all about mindset, mindset, and then you have to be willing to actually put in the work. You'd be willing to. Do you to will be willing to you know train and do all this stuff and just get out of your own head sometimes and just you know just do it, bro? I, do you know like those go in the dark for six month challenges? Is that like what you have to do? What's because, that? You know, you know, like where you literally go in the dark for six months. You just work on yourself like crazy. You just shut yourself off from the rest of the world and you are literally just grinding every single day in and day out. I mean, I don't even think like with him. I remember. He said, "Like, there's no end limit for that. It's just you know, you're always you're always trying to improve. You know, it's not like oh, I'm gonna improve for like six months and then you know carry well, on." Honestly, everything. it seems like you're he started off soon. doing that, doesn't it? Because this man lost 106 pounds in three months. That that takes a lot. That's more than a pound a day. Isn't that crazy? No, it is crazy. But it's the thing. Like that's achievable. Like obviously, look, and yeah, I think he said this too. Like, obviously, it's not the most healthy way to do it, but for him, it's what he had to do to get to where he wanted, considering like you know the time frame he was in." He wanted a what was it like? He wanted to go to SEAL training, right? Is that what it yeah. was for? Yeah, and he had three months to do it, and he did it. So it showed, like you know, he really wanted. He wanted that bad. That's what he wanted, and he worked to make sure he could achieve that, and that's what he did. So yeah, honestly, know. yeah, uh, you know, you know how they say in the gym that you know bulking is more physically demanding, while cutting is more mentally challenging. Sure. You ever hear that? Yeah, isn't that? No, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you never heard that before? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I it know. makes sense. It could make yeah, sense. It does make sense, doesn't it? Because it's, you're disciplining yourself to not even eat, and then it sucks. Like when you go work out, and you have no energy to do it. You know what I mean? I see. I can see it both ways. To be honest, I think they're both mentally demanding. Because even with bulking, like you still have to force yourself to eat. Like if you don't have that big of an appetite naturally, it's going to be. It's pretty much the same as somebody who's like fat and they're trying to cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, same. I just start listening to uh, weekly motivations podcast by Ben Lionel Scott. What, what, to get through that? it what nah. you've never heard of that no nah. it's the guy you know that always has the quotes you know even from goggins he's like you don't stop when you're tired you stop when you're done yeah it's true no he's facts that's facts yeah bro like tired is only in the mind you know those quotes i think goggins was it goggins said like when you're done or like when you think you're when you think you're done you're only really 40 percent done was that him i don't know i feel like I the 40 percent thing it's more about how the forty percent—it's humans use only forty percent of their mind, and then p- these self-improvement people are saying that in order to lock in, in order to use a hundred percent, you have to grind even harder than you did the day before, and you just keep working up. Like if you studied four hours, you studied eight hours the next day. Hmm. I think that's what they mean. 
to hit me. Uh, I think we should give them more context, though. Why don't you start, like, saying, like, you know, to talk about where he started and then how he got to where he is. I think that'll give our listeners more context. Yeah, bro. Like, did, I did, you listened to the podcast on his upbringing, right? Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. No, it really was. Because I, it's just so it's so insane to think about how on the outside he grew up in a suburban predominantly white neighborhood and no one would even know but he was being physically abused at home he lived in a very abusive environment and he his his father owned a skating rink and during that time it was it was as if he you know he would have to work 10 hours a day and he was eight years old isn't that crazy? Because, like, I, I'm pretty sure that's against the law. No, it definitely is. It, it definitely is. Yeah, but I, the way he, he transformed himself, and then it, it, the book really goes into depth with how this ultra marathon, like, all this, all, all this upbringing stuff that led him to that, it was really about those demons that formed inside him during this time. Like, his father didn't even believe in education and he would just have him work in the in the skating rink all day and then he would not even get to go to school the next day because of how he was still on the skating rink and even then and even then he still had learning disabilities too so you know it was, it was never easy for him to be in school well, that, that's because his parents wouldn't send them to school either way though that still made it it's still very very difficult compile i'm pretty that probably added on to the fact that he probably wasn't at school too much then maybe i don't know was he at, i don't think he was at school that much like relatively everyone else yeah, i don't know he, I, his story is just so motivating it's so inspiring it really makes you think about life and you know what what it is and i think it, what's important is that he he said that you know it's not a straight path he his ups and downs ups and downs you know, he started down and then you know he was getting close to going to be in the air force and then you know he hit another roadblock and then he goes back down and then he comes back up again and you know it's just a, it's a whole cycle, you know, it's like to where he wanted to be from where he started out from. It's not, it's not a straight path, you know, yeah. you point A to point Z to point F to point D to get to point B. And I think that for him, it was really, he's probably the best example of that. It shows how, I don't know, I, I feel failure, it seems so important in this journey. Like you, you don't. You, no, you don't, yeah, no, definitely. You don't even expect it. It's just. That's what life has because you have all these other plans in store. You have this plan of what you're going to do in the future, you know, what job you're going to have, what career you're going to have, what your relationships are going to be. And then life just makes them automatically spiral into something different and you don't even know what's happening. It's just crazy. Yeah. As you never know where you're going to be. And like with him, I think he was what he was working the exterminator job. He was an exterminator, I believe. Uh, and he saw he saw the thing on TV and TV program, and he was like, "Oh, you know, he's something about Hell Week," and he was like, "You know, I want to do that." And originally, it was hard. You know, it was it's hard to start from where he was. You know, drinking milkshakes and you know working late, whatever. On he wasn't very motivated to you know going to the gym and losing what you said like a hundred something pounds. Well, well he, the thing was when he when he was a junior in high school, he decided he wanted to become an Air Force pararescue man, and that's you know like the people who jump out of planes to save people and then but the thing was he had cheated all the way to his junior year of high school and he wasn't able to pass the test because you know how the sat gives everyone different tests he 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 couldn't copy off someone else's test because the test was different so he ended up getting a 20 and you needed a 50 just to get in so when he 
he decided he, when he we started grinding for the test and then he ended up passing it and he ended up going there like as you said before he was only able to get through five weeks of it and then because his mental fortitude wasn't tough enough you know this was a big part that was like explained in the novel i remember it was about how the doctor had called him in and told him he had sickle cell and he he had to take a week off but when he went back he was like i only got three more weeks left because it was a nine-week course and he was already five weeks in and he had the one week that he was and when he went back determined that he could lead these last three weeks and he finds and learns that he would have to go through the whole nine-week program again because he missed that one week it just it got into his head and he realized that you know he, he couldn't do it again but the thing was what he later realized in his life was that he just didn't have that mental fortitude yet he hadn't mastered his mind he hadn't defied the odds yet he hadn't gotten to that point in his personal growth journey yet so it got into his head as i said before and he just when he quit and he said i can't do this anymore because i feel like i'm gonna kill myself if i have to go another nine weeks and he goes home and then he ends up gaining all that weight or that 106 pounds then he realizes that he doesn't like the person he sees in the mirror. He doesn't like who he's becoming. He doesn't want to be a loser for the rest of his life. He wants to make change. It really yeah, shows that every part of life is done. And then uh, when he started his Navy SEAL training, it was like, I think that's when he started this, the saying of taking souls. And, um, you know, he would just think like, you know, in his mind, he would make up these situations almost. And that would be what would get him through whatever. So, like, for example, if they're doing whatever kind of exercise or trial that they're doing in uh, in SEAL training, he'd, he'd look at the instructor and, you know, the instructor would just be chilling on the side doing whatever. And obviously, you know, the instructor has been through this before. And so he would look at the instructor and be like, oh, maybe the instructor's thinking like when I was back doing SEAL training, I'll be doing so much better than, he, than you know, this guy's doing and whatever. And that motivated him. He was like, he, he really wanted to show, even though that's, that probably wasn't even true. He just wanted to show them. And that's what that's what got him through whose motivation and like he carried that motivation to the rest of his boat crew uh and then they were able to they were able to sleep more and they would do better and their morale was happier because the instructors would tell you like okay like on wednesday after doing all this you're gonna feel really tired and he was like what if i don't want to feel tired and so him and his boat crew we just you know they would they're you know they run their own thing they run their own town and that's you know that's what helped them get through training and that's what that's what helped you know really create his mindset he, do you think it's the little things, you know, just because uh, everything he does, it embodies being uncomfortable. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think every, you, you like, do you follow that in your own life? What do you mean? Like chasing the uncomfortable. It depends on what it is. I mean, like, if like, that's I don't know, for example, I take cold showers. Like I take ice cold showers. Every day? I'm, like, I'm like saying to myself, you got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, like to get what you want and i'm assuming like what kind of benefit do you want from cold showers yeah well doesn't it teach you to embrace it and then it teaches you to persevere through it yeah so like if that's if that's the benefit that you want you have to be uncomfortable to get that benefit well isn't it it's like a metaphor in a sense right you know how people say in all those morning routine videos on youtube they the first thing they do is make their bed in the morning it's a metaphor for what they are you know doing like what they are trying to accomplish like something that is their first accomplishment of the day well it sets a tone for the rest of the day i guess i guess i think that works (laughs) (laughs) 
But honestly, it was I, I dude, I can't believe, you know, what he did the from there. Incredible. Because for him to quit blaming his, his the reason he quit on sickle cell, saying he was worried and stuff, but then that leading to him gaining 125 pounds in three years, you know, that, that, that's got to bring you to an ultimate low. And then to rise back up from that, and then you are known the way he is known, you are as successful the way that he is. Like, he emphasizes in his book how he was just going to be another statistic. He was just going to be another, you know, African-American guy from a bad, from a bad neighborhood that had a bad uh, childhood and, he would have nothing on it, but he decided to defy the odds, and that's what what his book really goes off of. Yeah, um, and I think that that carried into him starting like marathon running and stuff too. You want to talk about his marathon running? His running is incredible. I don't even know how some of the stuff he did is possible, but uh, you know, it's all about it's all in his mind, and like, you know, he knows what he's capable of, and he's capable of doing whatever. You know, there's no limit. There's no limit, really. Yeah, there was this part in the book where he was talking about how he did 100 miles of running in 24 hours. And he had he literally done no training up to this point. Like, you know, you got to put into perspective how how much 100 miles is like, you know, I think three is, is hell on a treadmill. That's like it's terrible. You'd be crazy. Yeah, but 100 miles. <laughs> And he was, and he was in a bodybuilder. He, he had a bodybuilder. He was six one two thirty five. Like he wasn't even light. And he was doing hundred miles in twenty four hours, bro. And you these ultra running like you don't you don't just stop and take a break in in the middle of these twenty four hours. You just keep you going. Keep going. He, this man ran nineteen hours of running. Insane. Is that, that that's crazy? And in the book, it said at his seventieth mile, he had dropped. He literally collapsed. And they had to why. carry him off, and he was sitting on a blue lawn chair because he thought it was the smart idea to only eat Ritz crackers and have basically no water because he thought, you know, water would hurt you on a run. <laughs> and he's able to just persevere through it and run 30 more miles and just keep a 10-minute, 30-second pace. Isn't that it's so crazy? Like, we say, like, like he's able to run 30 more That's a whole other marathon he still has to run, and he just does it. How do you do that for fun? I don't understand. That's crazy that he does it. Like you say, like oh, seventy miles. Like oh, I only have a marathon left. Like that's just that's insane. You just wake up one day insane. and you're like, yo, let's let's run thirty miles today, man. Like you have that mindset. Miles. He just does it. He just does it. He runs like what twenty miles a day, I think, depending on the day. Yeah, but what do you think it takes to develop that mental fortitude? Because you a can't lot. wake up one day and you're like, yo, let's do this. So that's why I'm under the impression that all those demons that formed when he was a child or when he was really having a tough time when he was when he went up for 125 to 297 and he realized how terrible his life was, I feel like sometimes those it's good to have those demons because it just feels you. It's the, it's the rock behind what motivates you to push forward in life. Yeah. He, he was, ta- he, he was talking about this on, an in, on his interview. I forget. I forget the wording he used. What did he say? It's legit a rags to riches. No, words. no, it was like, it was like um him having those. Cause he always looked at his passes like, like something that was like dragging him down. Like he would look at all the other guys in training and be like, oh, you know, they came from good families, whatever they have it so much better than I do, which, you know, they did to a certain extent. But then he also like, he flipped his perspective and he was like, look, I already went through all this stuff as a, as a kid, you know, like it prepared me for whatever I'm about to endure in all these, you know, training camps or whatever. So he changed his perspective and that definitely helped him a lot. Yeah. One of the biggest points he emphasizes is that how he felt he was always the one. Because in Brazil, Indiana, where he grew up after he his mom 
had taken him and, a, and left the father and ran away. It was it was literally there was like 10 black families, I think, apparently. And it was the home of the 1995 KKK riots or something. So to be you're like the one you're like the only black kid in Brazil, Indiana, and you're going from that in a very racist part. And then you're you end up persevering the way he did. And then with all the, the demons he had built when he was with his dad, like, isn't that crazy? It just takes a it takes a lot of motivation, it takes a lot of strength, and it takes a lot of it takes a lot of will. Like you have to, he really wanted it bad. He really wanted to get out of a situation, and that's what he did. And he put, you know, he put all his focus into that. He had his struggles, but you know, he knew he's like, look, I want to get here. I want, I gotta, you know, you gotta get out of it. That's just what he did. It just it takes a lot, and not it's uh, it's crazy. Like when you like really think about it, like, when you put it into perspective, like it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, he, he he talks about how he had, like had a lot of haters in his life, and they you know they were really making fun of him and stuff to make themselves feel better. Like, why do, why do you think people do that? I don't know. They probably I think it's just people who are insecure in the first place, and then they find someone who they think is less than them, and then you know it makes them feel better. I guess. Well, do people really do that to those that are less than them? Do Do you feel like they do that to in those their that mind? Are... That's they do it to people who are less than them. And I think he talked about this with his dad too. He said like, um. Like, you know, he just analyzed the character of his dad and he said that, you know, he thought he was insecure. He, you know, his dad grew up rough and uh, his dad was insecure and he just passed those insecurities. He took out his insecurities on, you know, him, his mom and his brother. Yeah, I honestly feel people do it because if you think about it, not a lot of people, just the average person is not willing to put in the work, it seems like. And for those that do put in the work, you know, that do put in those extra hours that are just doing what they do to have the best chance of succeeding 24-7, they envy that in a sense. And they want they want to feel better about themselves, so they feel like put, you know putting others down is the best solution. I mean, sometimes that's, that's, I mean, that's just their mindset. That's just what they want to do. But, you know, obviously they, they could be doing so much more, but that's just what they choose to do. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate for, for both that person who's make, making fun of and the person who's getting made fun of. It's unfortunate for both of them. I know because there's a quote in there. I remember listening to his podcast and it was about how the world often rewards mediocrity. And that really stuck with me. That really. What do you think that means? I think that when, because honestly, if you, there's a, there's a mentality, I feel like sometimes that you don't, that it like, let's say you work maybe 14 hours a day and then you do that for maybe a month straight and then everyone's telling you like why are you doing that like wh- why like wh- why can't you be the average person and oh like, like people are always trying to drag you down basically yeah like why what is so bad about that like if you want to work 14 yeah. hours a day then why yeah. why shouldn't you you know what I they're mean? taking your energy away basically yeah okay that, that makes sense now i understand what you're saying because about think this? about it if you let's say a nine to five is what the average american works right yeah. And the thing is, if you put in the same amount of work as someone else, you're just going to end up with else. the same yeah. results. Uh-huh. And if you put in, let's say, 12 hours, you put in 14 hours, you end up lengthening that gap over the years. And let's say you do this for five years straight. You end up being five years ahead of that person. That person's never going to catch up to you. It all compounds. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important. It's like, you know, you shouldn't let others drag you down for what you like. I remember that was something that Kobe Bryant talked a lot but... about in his speeches too. What? 
that was something Kobe Bryant would talk a lot about in his speeches. Yeah, like you know, giving giving your opinion is different than I think dragging someone down. If you you know you can you can give your input depending you know if you're close to that person whatever, but I don't think you should drag them down. You know, if they want to work extra, they want to work. Like there's a reason that they're doing it. There's a, yeah, there's, there's a, a reason quote that, that you're says, not doing it, and there's a reason that they're doing it. Yeah, there's a quote that says, "In order to succeed." You have to succeed or die trying to succeed. And when you get to that point, when you get to that level where you have just become so obsessed, you're not you're not just addicted, you're not just hungry, but you're you're starving. And when yeah. you've gotten to that point where you're actually starving and you're willing to die for what you want, then it ends up being those people that end up having what they want in the future. Yeah, that's that's what he wanted too. You know, he was he was running all these races and all this other stuff, and it's just like you know, it's all just to, you know to improve himself. Like he wanted it, and I think he started training. Did he say he started training in high school? No, it was was it? after he had started training a little bit, but I, I think after he dropped out of the Air Force, that and he realized those mental demons that were keeping him awake at night. He came to a realization of his life and. He thought back of how he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. He wanted to be like Rocky in the 14th round. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he said, he said too, like he wasn't training like at a certain point, like he wasn't training for his body, whatever. He was training for his mind. And, you know, because he was training his mind to get him through all this stuff. You know, that's just such an interesting concept because the mind gives out much faster than your body. So how far is your limit? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. And I think uh, here's here's a cool story. So I remember watching this, I don't know, probably a year ago. No, probably six, eight months ago. Um, and so obviously, you know, he at this point, this was in, I think, two, early 2010s, probably late 2000s. And um, he he has this mindset now, you know, he's kind of established himself. He's, he's doing his thing. And so he goes and uh, he meets this guy named Jesse Isler. Who is he's a part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I think he he started some some company. I forget. It was like, I think it had to do with like airplanes, something like that, jets or something. Um, and he starts company. You know, he's he's rich, or whatever. So he wants to, and he runs too. And so you know, Goggins goes and lives with him for thirty days. And you know, he was already in good shape. You know, he's running. He's he's not lazy at all. Obviously, you know, he starts these companies, whatever. But he invites Goggins to come live with him for thirty days. And throughout this time, they just do like the craziest stuff. And so I remember, I think the first day, they went to they went to a gym, and uh, Goggins was like, "All right, show me like how many pull ups you can do." And he, I think he did like two, four, whatever pull ups. And Goggins was like, "No, you have to keep going." And he kept going, and uh, Goggins was like, "I want a hundred pull ups." And he was like, "Now?" And he was like, "Yeah, now." And so he just did he just did a hundred pull ups. Like it took him what a while, probably like an hour, two hours to do it. But he ended up doing it, and originally he was gonna quit at like four, or something like that. And so you know, it it that was like the first day, and it, I think it showed it really showed me. It was like, you know, you never really know what you're capable of until you really try. And so he really tried to get to 100 pull-ups, and that's what he did the first day. I think uh, Goggins would do 200 a day. He's Goggins is in, on another level. But no, then, he, in his book he said he got 198, and then he broke he, the record. He, no, he got no, he got 198 pull-ups when he was training. And he would do set to two hundred every day or something. Set and he only he, he decided to go home because he couldn't muster the last 
couple of pull-ups. So it, it was boggling him in his mind. And then on the drive home, he decided and he ended up going home. He ended up eating dinner and he decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to the gym. So he ends up going back to the gym and he does, does a set of 400 because he was just upset with himself that he missed two pull-ups. Is that insane? Yeah, you can push, you you know, you just push your limits. And uh, another one of the things that they did, this was the one that really stuck with me. It was like, they were, it was in, they were in Connecticut, I believe. And it was like a really, really bad snowstorm. And, you know, all the weather advisors are saying, don't go outside. Don't go outside. And Gong is just like, screw it. We're going outside and going for a run. So they go for like a long ass run of a really long run. And then they go, there's like a lake where like, you know, kids are playing hockey and whatever. And so there's like a little hole in the lake. And so they just go swimming in a frozen lake. And Goggins like, nah, you got to get out of here now before you're, you know, you freeze and you get hyperthermia. And then another thing they did was they went to, they were in like a sauna. And that was the only time Goggins bailed them out because like he looked like he was about to pass out in the sauna. And so after being in there for a while, Goggins was like, okay, you can come out now. And so it showed, you know, it, it showed him that he was capable of so much more than he thought originally. Like, you know, he would just listen and do what other people wanted to do physically. And, you know, he's when he when you have that external motivation, you know, you're you really capable of so much more. Dude, I don't know. This guy just seems so different from everyone else. And I and I feel like but he wasn't thing. always that way, though. He wasn't always that guy. That's the thing. Well, no one is ever just that guy forever. You that's know what what I, mean? I think I think that's the point, though. Like He's different. Now he's different. He became but it that shows way. That, yeah, everyone. Not, I mean, like, it shows that you know he started out as just an average person, probably you know in a bad situation, and he came to that. And I think you know it's motivation for everybody. After he finished his 100 miles and he couldn't walk, and his ex-wife uh, and his wife at the time had to bring him back up to the apartment. He, she had to carry him, and then she put him in the bathtub. And he, everyone was saying, you, know, you got to get this guy to the hospital. He's, he's about to, he's about to die <laughs> because there was like blood dripping down his knees. He, his whole body was filled with dirt. He literally ha- was having trouble breathing. And he just, he just looked his ex-wife in the eyes. He was, he was like, I want to, I, I want to enjoy this pain because you know, I never realized that a hundred miles was possible again i never thought it was possible and let me just enjoy this moment isn't that a crazy mentality man he's crazy and i think there's another story that jesse isler was talking about where like there's like team races so like you know you run a certain amount you run a certain amount so they're long obviously you know and they're for specialized like people who run so it's however many miles and it's five times each you know there's like let's say like four or five people on your team and so that huge amount of miles is split up between you guys so it's like more manageable and Goggins didn't even have any teammates, so he just did the whole race by himself. It was like a crazy long race. Insane. Let me find out how long it was, actually. Let's see if I can find it. It was crazy. You know, there are a couple guys that they, they just – everything they do is that you just look at what they've done and you, you're just perplexed. You're just, you're just in awe. And – Goggins, Johnny Kim, you know, all those guys, you know, they're, they're on the same. It's insane, dude. Like, I don't, I don't understand how they did that. <laughs> it's all, it's all about mindset. And it's, you know, you have to, you have to really want it. And you have to know, like, you know, you're, you'd be capable of so much more. Um, And yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to get out of the situation and he was able to do that. 
Do you think a lot of people over their lifetime, they're able to get to a level where they are at 100%? They have reached 100% like Goggins. Do you think there are at least 20% of people who actually hit that? I mean, I don't even know if Goggins would say he's hit 100% yet. Because he's always trying to do more. But I feel like, you know, to answer your question, I think that, um, no, I I don't think so. I mean, unless, I feel like, because, again, you never really know what you're capable of. You can be capable of so much. But if you never try, then you'll never know. And I think, no, not everybody can do that. If everybody would do that, then Goggins would be a normal person. But not, not everybody can do what he does. Not not even that. Not everybody wants to do what he does. Not everybody, you know, is willing to do what he does. So that's what makes him unique. Yeah, it's it's as if you want to be different. You want to be classified as weird. You want to be classified as obsessed. You want to just be unique in Good every sort of... Yeah, because everyone is different. And getting to that level is just... It's you versus you out there. You know? <laughs> I like every motivational video ever, but. Yeah, it's you versus you. You know, you have to flip your perspective and see what you have compared to other people. And, um, you know, just, just go for it. You want to cap the episode? Yeah. All right, okay. And that was episode 37. Time's up.